0: The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. What is the proper way to give a testimony? To whom is a testimony given, and what should a testimony say? Is there a best way to give a testimony? Some biblical clarity just ahead on that topic, and we thank you for joining us today on Grace in Focus. This is the radio broadcast and podcast ministry of the Grace Evangelical Society from North Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, find us at faithalone.org. And at that website, you can also give us feedback on how we're doing, and you'll find thousands of free articles to read there that we and others have written on Free Grace Theology. That website again, faithalone.org. Now with today's question and answer discussion, here are Bob Wilkin and Ken Yates.
1: Hello, welcome to another episode of Grace and Focus. This is Ken Yates and Bob Wilkin, hey. and we are continuing to answer questions that people have sent in. Maybe they've read something and they're just bringing up something new. Well, And this...
2: here's a tough one from somebody who read something that Catherine Wright, your daughter, wrote.
1: Yes, my daughter uh, did an article about testimonies. And for those who haven't read it, I'd recommend they go on GES and get it. It is discussing the way we typically hear Christian testimonies. And what Catherine says is that typically what we hear is, I was this nasty person, and I changed my life. God saved me, and now I'm not a nasty person. Now I'm a wonderful person. Now I'm a wonderful person.
2: Yeah, so it's kind of like this is the way we were trained to do it in Campus Crusade for Christ before... Mm -hmm. I came to Christ, I was like this. Right. Here's how I came to Christ, and here's what I'm like after I came to Christ. Exactly. And so the emphasis is on works. Exactly. Before my works were bad, now my works are good. My changed life. And even if you say in the middle, the way I came to Christ was simply by believing in him for the free gift of eternal life, you're giving the impression that there's some guarantee that I'm going to move from being a bad person to being some sort of a wonderful example and a wonderful person. And there is no such guarantee.
1: And right, even if we don't mean to do that, we imply it. Or we could imply it. And what Catherine says in her article is a lot of times people use the Apostle Paul as an example, that he was a murderer, you know, that he persecuted the church, and then he is gloriously saved on the road to Damascus, and now he's no longer a murderer. Uh, Something like that. And part of the problem. Well, there's a lot of problems with all this. But another problem is what if you became a believer when you were young? You weren't a nasty person. You know, I mean, now all even kids who are unbelievers or, or sinners, obviously, but. Imagine you're somebody like that. Well you're...
2: Catherine's an example. I had she and I did a radio program and we were talking about when she came to faith and she said, I can't even remember a time when I right. didn't
1: believe. So this glorious transformation that's supposed to happen if you grew up in a Christian home and you don't even know when you became a believer. Well, what's your testimony? Your testimony stinks, man. <laughs> It just doesn't have the pizzazz of somebody who is a drug dealer. Exactly. And so these dramatic testimonies where this glorious change takes place, we love those testimonies. I remember Kath and I were talking about this, and we were talking to some guy, and he was talking about he became a believer when he was like 12. And he wanted to have the big change, too. So he mentioned something like, yeah, before I became a believer, I would pull my sister's hair. And then after I became a believer, I I quit pulling. But, you know, I have to come up with something. There has to be a change, you know, or or I stole the cookie out of the cookie jar before. But, man, after I became a believer, I told mom, I'll never steal a cookie again. Yeah. Well anyway
2: We laugh about yeah. it, but isn't that the way a lot of people give testimony? Right. In fact, Susan question is kinda of like that.
1: Exactly, and this is this I really, really appreciate Susan's question.
2: Susan believes
1: what that we're
2: born again right. by faith, apart from works, and she had a rough background before she came to faith. So she wants to know, is it a good idea for her to talk about what her life was like before she came to faith and after she came to faith, how it changed? Because that's how she's been sharing her testimony. But after reading Catherine,
1: she's thinking, maybe that's not the best approach. I take that a step further, Bob. I would say that if you had such a background, would you be tempted to do it? Like, look what the Lord has done for me. I mean, even if I understand that I'm saved by grace. Which is true. That's a good thing. Exactly. I know that John 3.16, I know that there's no guarantee that I'm going to live a godly life. There's no guarantee that I'm going to have this dramatic change. But she's had a very, very rough background. I have no idea how old she is. But she talks about her upbringing. Her family was rough. And she understood I'm saved by grace through faith.
2: And that's and, uh, when she was born again. Yeah, and, it, and since then, her life has really
1: turned around. Well, she doesn't live that anymore. She's not experiencing that. And so she could say, wow, look what he brought me out of, you know, and now she doesn't explain what her life is like now, but I'm assuming it's much, much, much better. And so she says, is it a good way to give her testimony talking about that? Now, one thing I just want to say about this is that even though people use the apostle paul as an example that he was this dirty nasty filthy murderer which he was but when paul talks about his life before christ he, he says he says, was blameless i was blameless according to the law i was doing what the religious people told me to do And so paul really doesn't fit and that's part of catherine's article paul doesn't really fit with the normal way we give testimonies
0: Please plan to join us at Camp Copus in Denton, Texas. The Grace Evangelical Society's 2024 National Conference is May the 20th through the 23rd. Good fun, wonderful fellowship, recreational opportunities for the younger ones and the older ones, great teaching on the theme of free grace in the Epistles of Peter. There's VBS for kids, too. More information and online registration now at faithalone.org events. That's faithalone.org slash events. Please come and join us.
1: So this is uh, Susan's question. How should she handle this? Because... I'm reading between the lines. She doesn't want to give the implication that, well, I've had this dramatic change in my life. Even though it's true, I understand that I was saved by grace through faith.
2: You know, I think, Ken, it's important that we discuss what type of testimony we're giving. Mm -hmm. The word testimony is, you know, martyreo. We get the word martyr from it. And the idea of testimony is what someone does in a court of law, right? A witness. You testify, you witness. A
1: witness, right.
2: So are you witnessing to a Christian audience about what God has done in your life? In that case, I think telling her whole story would be a wise move. Mm -hmm. Because she's not trying to tell anything about how she came to faith in Christ. She's just trying to say, I had this rough background and now, you know, she's going into prisons and she's leading prisoners to faith in Christ. and she, That would be a great testimony before Christians, right? But if your purpose is to go to a Young Life meeting or a college life meeting with crew or you're going to some Navigator meeting, maybe you're going to be giving a, a message at church during revival. So you, there's going to be a lot of unbelievers invited. Well, that's going to be a different sort of testimony because now what you're talking about is my testimony of how I became a Christian, right? How I became born again. And what Catherine suggests, and I agree with her, is instead of before I came to Christ, I lived this way, it's before I came to Christ, I believed this way. Exactly. And here's what I came to believe in order to be born again. And now, since then, here's how my continuing to believe that has had a positive impact on my life. The fact that I'm sure of my eternal destiny is a daily encouragement. Knowing I'm part of God's forever family is just so tremendously motivating. It makes me want to please God. I don't need to go into details about all the good things I'm doing. I can just say I'm highly motivated to please God. Because
1: he's given me this great gift. And you don't have to go into detail about how nasty you were before. No. Because we were all in the same boat as unbelievers. Exactly. I did not have life. That was the issue. I did not have eternal life.
2: And I did not believe that simply by faith in Jesus, I would have everlasting life and I'd never perish. In my case, I was raised in a sinless perfection holiness group. And I thought I had to turn from my sins and clean up my life and get good enough so that my time would come, God would give me the opportunity to commit my life to Him. And if I did, then I would be born again. And according to my group that I was in, once you were saved, if you committed one sin, you lost your salvation and could never get it back. Right. Now that's an extreme holiness group, and that's the way I thought. When I came to faith... In Christ, in my senior year in college, I remember Warren had to keep harping on Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, you won't you boast. I'm like, say what? And I had lots of verses I didn't understand, and I kept asking Warren. And over five meetings, he kept giving me answers and saying, but whatever that means, it doesn't contradict. For by grace you've been saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, the same
1: which you'd boast. Well, man, when you became a believer, you must have had a really, really, really boring testimony, right? You say, well, I remember once I was driving my car and the speed limit was 55 and I went 57.
2: Exactly, exactly. (laughs) That
1: was terrible, right?
2: (laughs) No, but what my testimony should be is I used to think I could work my way to heaven. And I came to realize it was just by faith in Jesus. Which is more in line
1: with Paul's, right?
2: And because of that, I changed from pre-med to pre-ministry because I was so excited about this that I wanted to devote my life to telling other people. And that's true. I've never gotten over it. Mm -hmm. I'm still amazed at the free gift of everlasting life. And I hope I never lose that enthusiasm Because it's such a wonderful gift But I think if it's an evangelistic testimony It needs to be about Jesus Not about me
1: Yeah, I think for example With Susan, if I could just give her advice If she's talking to unbelievers It's perfectly okay to say Boy, let me tell you I had a rough upbringing But one day I understood That I had eternal life By faith alone in Christ Right. I didn't believe that before And then I believed it and then I got eternal life.
2: And it had nothing to do with cleaning
1: up my life. <laughs> right. It had nothing to do with promising to serve God. It was just believing. Exactly. That's the way to do it. And now you know it. And then, like you said, if you're if you're talking to people and say, boy, look what he's done for me, you know, or, or however, whatever your situation might be.
2: Yeah, that would be different if it was a Christian audience sure. and you were sharing something different. Well, thanks so much, uh, Susan. And uh, remember, Ken... Keep grace in focus.
0: We would love to know where you are when you are listening to us. Please take a short minute to send us the call letters of this station and the city where you are listening, and how many times a week you listen. Thank you. You will be helping us with our stewardship. Send it to radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. We are so thankful for our financial partners who keep us on the air. Every gift is tax-deductible and very much appreciated. If you'd like to find out how you can give, go to faithalone.org. On our website, we have a church tracker. It's an easy-to-use map that will help you locate those other Free Grace churches that might be in your area. So come visit us at the website and take advantage of our free church tracker. It's at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On the next episode, how do we gauge how we are doing in the Christian life? Is there a way to do that? Join us, and until then, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.